0: Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston.
1: Good morning to my People's Baptist Church family. And good morning to our guests, our friends, those who are worshiping by live stream. We are delighted that you have joined us for this worship service on this particular Sunday. We thank God for all of you and for God's goodness to us. So we are here simply to give him praise and thanks for all that he has done for us and will continue to do for us, his children. I'm continuing the series on the Beatitudes, which I've entitled, The Royal Road to Happiness. And we're dealing with uh, number six. Blessed are the pure In heart. In a world of devastating disasters, wars, indescribable brutality, senseless violence, and daily tragedies, in a world of sadness and sores, hurts and heartaches, sickness and suffering, fears and frustrations. The human heart cries out for a God who has all power, wisdom, and love. For without such a God, the human condition becomes utterly senseless, meaningless, and hopeless. Without faith in a God who is in complete control of the universe he created, we would spend our days singing the blues, becoming depressed, wallowing in self-pity, and surrendering to defeat. Jesus touched a deep note of longing in the human heart when he said in this sixth beatitude, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is a wonderful promise to those who believe in God and want to see him. These words have meaning not only for those who profess faith in Jesus Christ but also for those who are not yet believers hoping that maybe, just maybe they can see and experience the presence of God in their lives and become new persons. I think it will be helpful for us in looking at this, this text. Um, there are a lot of people who uh, tell you that they don't know exactly what this text um, means. But what I want to do is to start from the end of the text and work forward to the beginning. And I'm going to do so by asking three questions. And the first question is, can we really see God? Can we really see God? John chapter 1 and verse 18 tells us, no one has ever seen God. The only Son who is truly God and is closest to the Father has shown us what God is like. And in Exodus chapter 33, Moses is having a conversation with God and and, um, in verses 18 to 20, it says, Moses responded, then show me your gracious presence. The Lord replied, I will make my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. Yet Jesus promises that there are some human beings who will utterly or who will actually see God. And there's really no contradiction between these two texts. You see, God is a spirit and therefore mortal man cannot see him with his natural eyes. However, we can see God with spiritual eyes, the eyes of faith after we have been born again spiritually. Jesus, in coming to earth and dying on the cross for our sins, made it possible for us to become the children of God. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we can know God as a real living presence and talk with him and fellowship with him. Our relationship with God enables us to view life from a divine perspective, for we have been granted the privilege of sharing his divine nature and thinking his thoughts. So we can watch the news on television every day without becoming cynical or overwhelmed by the horrendous things that we see and hear. We can read the newspaper from beginning to end without despairing at the bad news we are bombarded with. We can come to terms with the bad times and the difficult experiences of life without falling apart. For we believe the word of God, which tells us in Romans 8:28, we know that in all things, God works for the good, or for good for those who love him, those whom he has called according to his purpose. You see, when we look at the world through eyes of faith, we learn to be patient and hopeful, For we know that God is at work even in those situations which seem hopeless. Faith in God and knowledge of his word can remove our anxieties, banish our fears, and allow us to have a good day every day, as one of my deacons often say. You can always tell when somebody has met the Lord, for a change takes place in their life. They talk differently, they think differently, they live differently, worship differently, pray differently and act differently than they did before. After you have had an encounter with God, which we call conversion, you begin to look at others with greater compassion, to look at, other, to look at your responsibilities with greater dedication. You begin to look at your family with greater affection, to look at your obstacles with greater determination, to look at the word of God, the scriptures with greater admiration, and your future with greater anticipation. But so Jesus meant far more by the words, you will see God, than just our present faith in God. He's speaking about the future when we will see the invisible God in the brightness of his glory. Listen to what John says in 1 John chapter 3, and verse 2. He says, My dear friends, we are now God's children, but it is not yet clear what we shall become. But we know that when Christ appears... We shall be like him because we shall see him as he really is. He said, This is the good news of the gospel that sinful, rebellious human beings like us are destined to spend eternity in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to be like him and to share his glory. But the second question. Is who are the ones that will see see God? Jesus says it is the pure in heart. Now, the word heart in scripture means the center of one's personality, the core of one's very being. All that we are comes from the center, this inner core. And the heart is the seat of all of our troubles. Now, Jesus puts it this way in Matthew chapter 15, 18 and 19. He says, But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. One of the errors of our society, or secular society, is the belief that all of man's troubles are due to his environment. We are told constantly that if you change a person's environment, you will have a changed person. So whenever heinous crimes happen, particularly in minority communities, everyone seemed to be blaming the drug and crime environment as the root cause. But I wish it was that simple. I wish we had the resources and the expertise to rid communities of drugs, poverty, crime, and violence. But I know that that would be only treating the symptoms not to the root cause, or social scientists, law enforcement authorities, and political leaders All overlooked the fact that it was in paradise, in a perfect environment, that human beings first went astray. You can put a human being in a perfect environment, but it will not solve his problems. It is out of the heart that these things arise. Take any problem in our society that leads to wretchedness. Find out its cause and you will discover that it comes from the heart, from some unworthy desire in an individual, a group, or a nation. All of our troubles arise out of our sinful heart. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is. Man's troubles, in other words, are at the very core of his being, so that merely to change his environment or to develop his intellect is not going to solve his problems. Education alone does not make a good person. A person may be highly educated and yet to be an utterly wicked person. The trouble is in the heart, which is desperately wicked, as the scriptures tell us. So that is the problem. Being pure in heart means to be like Jesus Christ, who was perfect, pure, and spotless. But how can our hearts become pure? You can try to clean up your heart, but at the end of a long life, it will be As bad as it was in the beginning, and perhaps even worse. If we could clean up our heart on our own, Jesus Christ wouldn't have had to come to earth. You see, what we need is a heart specialist. And his name is Dr. Jesus. He makes house calls. He doesn't change for his services. He's a specialist in heart transplants. He's a miracle worker who can give us a new heart and a new life. As God says in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender Responsive heart. Purity of heart is a result of a rebirth, a miracle, a new creation. If we are to see God, then we need a cleansed, forgiven, and justified heart, a heart made right by God. It can be received only as a gift of God's grace on the basis of Christ's death on the cross for our sins. When we confess and renounce our sins, and by faith receive Jesus Christ into our hearts, then we receive a new heart from God. So the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17, At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and new life has begun. It is impossible to live pure lives until we have pure hearts. Pure hearts will be Christ-like. It is God's desire that we be conformed to the image of his Son, Jesus Christ. If Christ lives within us, And our bodies become the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Is it any wonder that we should become like him? You see, if Jesus lives in us, pride and boasting will never dominate our lives. If Jesus lives in us, hatred, bitterness, slander, and backbiting will never rule us. If Jesus lives in us, mercy and forgiveness will characterize our relationships with others. If Jesus lives in us, selfishness will not predominate, but service to God and others will come before our selfish interests. That's a tall order to, to, to fill. You can be sure that we could never attain a humble, loving, and unselfish heart by our own striving. But one thing I know, God has not left us alone to fail He says in Isaiah 41 and verse 10, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. But the third question is, what is the result of those with a pure heart? Matthew 5 and verse 8, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. You see, if you know Jesus Christ today, if you have received a new heart from him, if you have turned your back on all known sin, then you are truly blessed, for you will see God. The wretchedness of worry is gone because you can trust God to see you through whatever situation you find yourself in. The hell of a guilty conscience is gone because the slate is wiped clean with God's word of gracious pardon. The burden of boredom is gone because the will of God is like a thread with strings or purposeless days into a necklace of meaning. Happy, says Jesus, are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We are going to see God, and this ought to be our supreme desire and ambition. The time is short, and you and I have not long to prepare. The great reception is at hand. The sermon is all prepared, and we are waiting for an audience with the king. Are you looking forward to it? Are you preparing yourself for it? Seeing God and being in his presence forever and ever will be worth all of the pleasures we have to give up here. It will be worth all of the bad habits we have to break. It will be worth all of the responsibilities we have to shoulder. Oh, yes, the present may be very difficult for us, very confusing, very trying, or very miserable. But seeing God will be worth it. For then our anticipation will be fulfilled. Our redemption will be finalized. Our our resurrection will be completed. Our expectation will be realized. Our glorification will be accomplished, and our dedication will be rewarded. We will have to endure no more trials, suffer no more pain, face no more frustrations, encounter no more temptations, and carry no more burdens. Gone will be the plagues of doubt, the problems of life, the pain of suffering, and the perplexity of death. Although our mortal bodies become exhausted, our immortal bodies will be exhaust, exhaustless, And we will never become tired talking about and rejoicing in our Savior's loving kindness, his tender mercies, his sufficient grace, and his abundant blessings. And as the hymn writer says, Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street, at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-427.